It is Wednesday, August the 14th. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup. And oh, I got the date right, but then I forgot what the name of the podcast was. <laughs> That's all right. Most people do. You know what the thing I was also doing was? I was celebrating the fact that I knew the date because normally I'm in front of my computer yeah. and I just read it off the computer screen, but we're sitting down and I'm not near my computer. And despite the fact that I just looked at my phone, uh, I forgot to check what the date was. So I was so proud that I got Wednesday, August the 14th, that I forgot the name of the podcast. Well, Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL podcast. My name is Will Anderson. My name is Charlie Clawson. Wasn't there a player this year, was it a Collingwood player or something, who drilled a shot from 40, turned around and started celebrating, and his teammates had to run up to him and say, no, no, missed. Yeah, I was like, uh, did you see that goal that Bontempelli missed from the goal square a couple of weeks ago? It was one of the, would have been goal of the year. Like, just this amazing play, and then he's run into the open goal and just missed from the square. Like, you give him 100 shots, he couldn't, and put him in a blindfold. He'd kick 100 of them, and he missed this goal. So that's what I did. Yeah. We're here specifically to record Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL podcast. You're in the goal square. All you got to do is get the date out, say the name of the show that we do every week for three years. Fresh air. <laughs> Nah, it was a fresh airy. <laughs> it's hit my knee. It's, I've missed my foot. It's not, hit my knee. But not only that, but when your foot came down, your boot flew off, hit you in the face. Falconed myself with my own boot. You fell forward. Your shorts got caught on the umpire. You got dacked as you slid head first into the, into the signage. The and bol- then the ball landed in my crack. <laughs> and the bolts hadn't been removed properly from around the guttering, around the ground. So you also tore open your stomach. <laughs> And now the game has been delayed for 20 minutes while they come out, performing emergency stitches and wheel you off, and the crowd boos. <laughs> oh, and unfortunately, when my stomach ripped open, Caleb Daniel was trapped underneath me, and I thought I've had a baby. Normally, the crowd will stand and applaud at the bravery of the play, but this one instance, 30,000 people booed. Some laughed. Uh, we had um, Jared Blair on our radio show this morning. What an impressive young man he is. There's this new documentary about Collingwood that goes, it's, it was filmed over last year and it follows four stories. Nathan Buckley's story, Brodie Grundy's story, Adam Trelaw's story. And it's really fascinating because he was suffering with major anxiety and there's like this scene with him uh, where, where after a game, he's like, you know, in the shower or like oh, splashing water from the spa on his face to cover his tears because he's just got such terrible anxiety even though he's played well and they've won the game. And it follows Jared Blair who gets delisted uh, second youngest premiership player in their 2010 uh, premiership. Played 157 games for Collingwood, and uh, but unfortunately last season gets delisted. And the camera goes with him into his exit meeting. And he um, they film it, Nathan Buckley telling him that he, it's over and how he reacts and stuff. It's so powerful. You would love this. I, I watched it last night on my computer. They sent me a link because we were interviewing him. And uh, It is for any football fan. Don't worry that it's about Collingwood. It is the only thing that would have made it more a podcast that we would enjoy is they also followed the guy who looked after the Collingwood Sox. <laughs> if they had five stories, if there was like a to- if there was a two guys one cup version that is an extra cut where they follow the fifth story, which was the guy who's responsible for the Collingwood Sox. What's it called? Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> what was it the other day when I told you I loved a movie and, and you I couldn't remember the name like, of it? What was it called? And I was like, I don't know. Kevin Hart and Brian Cranston. Something with these Transformers in it. Yeah. I don't remember what it's called. <laughs> I don't know what it's called. <laughs> they were busting ghosts, yeah. but I have no idea what the name of the movie was. Uh, anyway. Scott with Schindler had a list. <laughs> yeah, had this list. Kept looking at this list. Schindler, his name was. No idea what the movie was I think was it called. was called The Man Who Saved Lots of People. Yeah. <laughs> they were blue. It was like it was some sort of avatar. Anyway, <laughs> no idea what the movie was called. The Smurfs, I think. This is straying into Toe territory. <laughs> I have also not seen Avatar, so I had a guess at that one. So but. you don't know what the film's called, but in brackets, does it say, it's okay, it's not about Collingwood, and then a smaller set of brackets, it says, and there's not much talk about socks. It, it should, but... Um, uh, Jared Blair told us a story this morning which just tickled me because he was very short, uh, Jared Blair. 
And one day when he ran onto the field and saw Caleb Daniel, they both, without thinking, without arranging it, they didn't really know each other, just gave each other a high five. <laughs> <laughs> just like, you know, game recognises game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, tiny man recognises tiny man. Finally a person, they don't have to like put their shoulder out to high five. <laughs> it's just a perfect scenario. Secret handshake. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I see you. <laughs> I see you, brother. <laughs> well, you must be feeling good about the weekend's football. I mean, that game, every now and then as an AFL fan, your team at least once has a game where the other team either doesn't turn up or something goes wrong. We had a game like that against Richmond three years ago. They went on to win the flag. We bombed out of the finals. But it's just one of those games where everything works. And it's so nice to be able to sit back and be like 80 points up. <laughs> You know, halfway through the second quarter. Well, you know what I'm like. I've, I I stop watching games live because I'm just, I just need to know that we're doing okay before <laughs> I can sit in and enjoy myself. Yeah, I'm the same. And never have I much more than the 2016 grand final because 2016 grand final. I didn't enjoy it. It was a nail biter. Like I didn't enjoy it until we won. I've watched it subsequently knowing what the result is and enjoyed it. But that goes to my, that goes to my point that I'm much happier to know what the result is. And then I can sit back and actually enjoy the game rather than being dependent on what the result of the game is, which stops my enjoyment of the actual game. Yes. Like I can enjoy the other team's goals if I know we're going to win the game. Mm. In fact, often, if you know you're going to win a game and the other team gets an early lead, you're like, oh, this, oh, this is, is even better. This is great. Look yeah. at how I would have thought we were out of this and would have been <laughs> panicking and hating football. So um, it was so enjoyable to watch. I hadn't been watching it live. And then I saw, I reckon they'd already kicked four or five goals since. And so I did that thing that you can do on KO where I started the game from scratch and so essentially... Straight away? I, yeah, straight away. Well, so I'd missed a quarter. So, okay. But I start, oh, sorry, right. I start from the start. Yeah. And so by the time it got to the end of the game, I was pretty much in real time because I'd skipped the break. So again, perfect. Didn't have to sit through any of the bullshit at halftime. It was just like... Although, just, when I know we're going to win a game and I get to the halftime recorded stuff, I'm like, oh, I want to hear their their like glowing analysis of how well my team's performing. I want to see those highlights and see who's picked up 14 touches. To oh, don't time. get me wrong. I've watched some footy shows. Yeah. <laughs> I've listened to some podcasts. Just so much fun. You just get like a junkie, right? You start seeking out like you've got your standard podcast that you subscribe to, but like it was a big win. This is You know it's going to get a lot of discussion. So then you start seeking out and then you might come across like an amateur podcast, a bit like ours, <laughs> and you're like, well, I don't know what this is like, but they've done an episode about last round. They listen to it, and you're like, no, I don't. <laughs> maybe I don't. Maybe I don't want to hear that much about them. No, it's it's magnificent, and and I put this proviso on it. I understand that I'm about to make some jokes about it, um, about a team that will probably make the finals, and my team probably won't make the finals. We somebody pointed out online that the Bulldogs have actually been the real Richmondy of this year, in that we're probably going to finish ninth or tenth probably would have done okay if we'd made the finals, you know, playing well enough mm. against the good teams to have a crack in the finals. We'll miss out in ninth or 10th, just probably on percentage, you know, because we, and the, and the reason will be that we lost to the Gold Coast and that we lost to Carlton, Carlton and that we had all the coach killers. Yeah. You know, we had all those guys. Yes, that's it is a very, very Richmondy rich season. Well, that's okay. That means you win the flag again. Yeah. Because <laughs> clearly <laughs> Richmond, we thought Richmondy was like a, a Richmondy is like a, a virus. It travels around. Like, you know, it manifests as Richmondy over there, but there'll be a, I mean, I guess it's disappointing. The Deeds have had a bit of a cold this year, haven't they? They've got a bit disappointing, so the virus will manifest differently with you. We have to come up with this an appropriate pun. But yeah, it was, um, it was so good to watch. I mean, 21 goals in a row. You just never, you just never see football like that. It was like an exhibition match. It was... It was like watching your team be the Harlem Globetrotters and just get to see them play, yeah. do all their tricks and the it's opposition like, aren't really important. It's like when you go to the Olympics and the dream team are playing. Yes. <laughs> it was, I was like, my God, we are so good at football. That's what it felt like. It is funny because that has been all the talk. Like everyone is, again, because as we stated last week, we get most of our information in this podcast about from other football podcasts. What would Caroline Wilson say? Yeah. <laughs> 
No, but I think all the commentators I've listened to in the last like three weeks have been really up on the Bulldogs and like they will be the team that if they get into the finals, they'll wreck shit. Which begs the question to me, well, how come, will they look back at the St Kilda loss as a huge fucking disaster? Because if you take that loss out of the last three weeks, you'd be in the finals now and quite well poised. Like, was that the biggest of, I know you lost to Gold Coast and Carlton, but that was the one where there was a lot more at stake and we just lost our coach. Like, don't you think that's a bit of a, that'll be the loss that you'll be like, holy fuck, if you don't make it. Here's the thing. We've got to beat two pretty good teams to make it. Yeah. Like Adelaide are back playing good football. We've got them in the final round in Ballarat, which might come down to one of those two teams making the finals. And uh, we've got GW. Should there be a, a, a final played at Ballarat? <laughs> if the Bulldogs make the finals, we demand a Ballarat home final. <laughs> What's the capacity? We're, playing, we're well, playing this at Mars Stadium in Ballarat. <laughs> What's the uh, capacity? Is it like 15,000? We want a final at Mars Stadium <laughs> in Ballarat. Um, 6,000? I don't know. Like, I, I think that, you know, it'd be great to go to a, an AFL football final where you could drive your car up to the fence. And honk after each goal. <laughs> Can't boo at the footy anymore, but you can honk your car <laughs> at Mars Stadium in Ballarat. Until you see, like, a crowd behaviour officer just pull up in a car with like, flashing car. lights. Honk his horn. He's got... Just quietens all the other horns down. Um... Like we got to beat two really good. Uh, so got GWS up there. So the point I, here's here's what I think genuinely is that I can't see us going deep in the finals. I just think that we have too many flaws and too much inexperience to really do that. But who knows? You know, who knows, right? Um, but clearly, at our best, we play pretty good footy. But we've got to see how we go against GWS and Adelaide. If we manage to beat GWS and Adelaide then we deserve to be in the finals and you'd be excited about the finals. Whereas if we'd beaten St Kilda but then lost to GWS in Adelaide but still been in the finals, like I just don't doesn't think I would have gone in with... Doesn't tell you uh, anything about your club. No. Nah. Whereas I think, you know, if we win one of those two games, I'll be happy. And if we make the finals, I don't make the finals. But if we beat Adelaide or GWS, I think you go into next season very optimistic because I don't think... The Bulldogs are... All their best players are in the exact right age group, like to mm. just be coming into. I mean, Dunkley is such a gun. Like, so I, don't it's that's think, you know that you'd watch other teams and you just go, oh, how is it that like they have a couple of really good players, but then just one of their other players you didn't think was going to be yeah, that good turns, turns out, out to be, to be really Jack Gunston, good. yeah, <laughs> or something. And well, that's what Dunkley is. Yeah, he's such a good kid. Yeah, he he's a bit of a Tim Kelly. Yeah, and just he's a fantastic footballer yeah. and he plays that role that I kind of was like, oh, well, w- when Libba comes back, that's what we need. That sort of inside, you know, big, mm. but he's he's better than Libba. I mean, there's, there'll be a place for Libba in that team when Libba's finding fit and ready to go. But, yeah, it's cutting oranges. <laughs> yeah, I mean, mostly, you know, club morale, <laughs> getting weird tattoos, yeah. you know, playing in Bali, that yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah, organiser of Mad Monday. <laughs> Yeah, totally. We've kept him on the list for Man Monday, end of season trip. We still feel like it's worth it. So fill me in because I don't quite know, but what is this story about Josh Dunkley? And so Andrew Dunkley's his dad, right? Andrew yes. Dunkley played for the played Swans, full back. And there was some bad... Did not end well. Yeah, apparently. so what? So do you know what happened there? Oh, I know what happened uh, because I listened to other football podcasts and they've spoken <laughs> about it. <laughs> this is what Caroline Wilson thinks. Um, I don't know exactly what happened, but I believe that there was sort of his attitude is that even if he was asked back to a Swans function, he wouldn't fucking go because of how badly it ended. What, how do reason. you know? What, well, how, why, what ended badly? No, I, I have no idea. All oh, right. So that's, that's what, do the, you, what do you based on absolutely no information? Speculate. Oh, yeah, okay, right. <laughs> so we call this purple. <laughs> um, uh, I reckon it would be, they would have asked him to take a large pay cut. Large pay cut or short contract. I'd say he was negotiating for like a three-year deal or something like that. And then they came back with an insulting offer. Because he would have been, he was the locker. <laughs> he in. said, I'd like a three-year deal. And they said, well, we have a counteroffer. A three-minute deal. <laughs> <laughs> you got three minutes to get out of <laughs> here. The, time, the clock is ticking. Well, okay. I'm trying to think of like, 
that Dermot Brereton story was Dermot, you know, he always had this romantic notion of like, you know, he'd see out his contract and then he'd wanted to play his last year for free. And so when he went in to do his contract negotiating, he had this like noble thing, but they lowballed him straight away and said like, you know, one year on half your money or something. And he was so fucking insulted that he said, you know, I'll play for the Swans. I reckon it'd be something like that because he was a grand final fullback. Is that right? He was yeah, in the plugger so. era. So um, this is no information. I'm totally No, guessing. absolutely not. I'd say he retired in the early 2000s and it was some kind of like they just weren't going to use him. And he felt like after years of service, you know, putting his body on the line, grand final player, he was not being appreciated. And so he quit. What do you reckon? I think it was that he had to play on Tony Lockett at training. <laughs> He just has bad blood for the Sydney Swans because they made him play on player at training. That's okay, it's okay. You don't have to train. Like, we've got this new kid, his name's Barry Hall. <laughs> yeah, he considered it a personal vendetta against him. Yeah. Their forward line recruiting policy. Yeah. Giant bloke, she will knock your head off. Yeah, everyone else on the team's really excited and they're like, yeah, I have to play on these fuckers at training. <laughs> yeah. Literally, that's my job. And they love punching people. <laughs> You know how much they punch when you can't get reported? So, the bit of the story I didn't quite understand, but so was Josh eligible for father-son I believe Sydney? so, at Sydney. And Sydney were like, hmm. they like turned their noses up because of the dispute, or is this as correlation or causation? Well, again, based on now pretty much no knowledge. Um, <laughs> Excellent. I love this. <laughs> Listen, now this is journalism. <laughs> This is fun. No wonder all the journalists do it these days. It's fun to just wildly speculate. Here's what I here's what I'm hearing out of Clubland, Charlie, mm. on the grapevine. Here's uh, yep. I'm not saying this did happen, but uh, I'm saying that uh, the bad blood is so bad between Sydney uh, and uh, Dunkley after the hate crimes of having Barry Hall and Plugger play <laughs> on him that he t- said you could, to his son Josh. You can play for any, any AFL club because his other kids gone to Melbourne or somewhere, uh, got picked up in the mid-season draft, and um, he said you can play for any club in his family. I don't care what club you play for, but the one club you don't play for is the motherfucking Sydney Swans. <laughs> You're like Dad. I mean, <laughs> I I, you could have made your point without Dad, swearing and talking about Mum. Dad apologizes. <laughs> Dad's like, I'm so sorry. You know, it's the brain damage from being punched in the head by Barry Hall. <laughs> I failed 19 concussion tests at training. But so was it a case of dad said you can't play for them or the Swans looked at him and were like, no, Dunkley shall ever play for a Swans jumper again. Yeah, um, that happened. Brett Kirk said it. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds pretty much like Game Brett Kirk. Game, th- Game of Thrones. <laughs> no, no dog of Dunkley born shall ever play for the Swans. Well, I think, no. Whatever the bad blood is between Andrew Dunkley and Sydney, I think that it is passed on and... Um, the Bulldogs have been the beneficiary. Yeah, of I mean, that's awesome. That's like being like the rebound guy. <laughs> yeah, so he's amazing. McRae's getting 40 possessions a week. Bonds and Pally is just amazing. Like even even in his, that, he wasn't even his best game and he was still just great. Mm. Um, but then it's like Hunter and like, oh, that mark that Norton took. You know, yeah. did you see that mark when he was like, he just looked like he wasn't anywhere near it too much. Mm. Shaqy's starting to play well. There's just, it's so fun. They were just back having fun. Yeah. Like Tory Dixon's kicking goals. Bevo's, you know up, in the, Tory, Bevo's Tory... up in the coach's box doing ollies off Ollie. the walls. Everyone's just having fun. Back out. He's cutting his own hair at halftime. <laughs> he's just doing tic-tac down the corridor at the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> he's doing a tic-tac. It's like the camera pans up from like a goal's been kicked and it comes up to the, the teacher's box and he's just got a hat on backwards and he's beatboxing for the other guys. <laughs> They go to a goal review and it's just Bevo with his hat backwards doing a kickflip ollie. <laughs> and then he just turns off. He jumps off and does the goal signal. <laughs> goal. Um, yeah, yeah t- like at, t- Against Essendon too with Stringer there. Like it was yeah. like, it's, it's good to have that victory moment in front of your ex. Like it, you know, it felt good. Um it was... Has he ever stitched you up yet? Ah, uh, Has there been any games where he stitched you up? No, he's played well, though. He's, uh, he's had a really good season. I yeah, think, but, not, but not against you. Has he, had, he hasn't no, had that He hasn't up. had that one, no. Uh, uh, which is good. And, um, gee, I, when the Essendon fans... And I get it. Like, when you're seeing that, mm. 
But when they just... Because that was sold out, you know, standing room only. They, they made a big deal about it. First game at Marvel. That even just added more to it. Yeah. The first game at Marvel for the year to sell out. And then by half time, it, like, it was half empty. Joe Danaher rang Tom Harley. Said, you know what? You know how like last week it was about mentoring? Yeah. This week it's about can I come to Sydney? Yeah. Can you send me a cake with a nail file in it? <laughs> <laughs> I'd just like to say, firstly, fuck the Dunkley family. <laughs> I'd like to come to Sydney. Uh, yeah, no, it was impressive to watch. There's a fucking few shellackings. Um, I saw not only uh, did I see a game and a half of football, I saw a game and a half in the flesh. I was down here on the weekend. A game in half? In game and half. A game and a half. Did you walk out of one? Yes. So uh, my mates had organised lunch at the MCG before the Tigers and the Blues. But the Saints game was at one at Marvel. So I just wandered down to Marvel and I caught the first half of that game. Then caught a track. It was the most Melbourne-like experience I've had in a long time. And it was, it was so fantastic. Just to sort of walk along the Docklands area. It was a bit chilly. Your scarf on, go up. Watch some footy at Marvel, then catch up a catch a tram through the city, walk along the Yarra, go to the MCG, and watch some, my second game of footy. Then go down Swan Street with all the Richmond fans. It was a fucking. It was actually a great Sunday, <laughs> but uh, it was. Uh, it's like a progressive dinner or something. Yeah, a degustation. Yeah, <laughs> we'll just give you an entree of Fremantle and St Kilda. I just have never thought of that. We don't really have it that much anymore. Where there's three games on in the one. It's the spacing of them. Yeah. Yeah. But if there were just three next to each other, yeah, oh, that would be a way to sell games. Like, you know, in Sydney, the Sydney Football Stadium was next to Sydney Cricket Ground. They're renovating at the moment. But, yeah, you've got two stadium, stadium, whatever, stadia, mm. uh, next to each other. And people just get a ticket and you can spend as much time as you like at each of the games. Mm. So you could just... Yeah. Like when you're watching at home sometimes and you'll flip between games. Yeah. You could just do that physically. Well, that's funny because like that's like a, that's like, a football, was. like a music festival. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was a foot it was a football festival. Well, <laughs> because then because what I did at the end, so I went to the Saints game, that was like my warm-up act, midday show, a couple of small bands, yeah. just get out having a go. Standing up the back, just kick, yeah. Yeah. There's about 75 in the tent. Yeah. You're like, oh yeah, there's a, there's a single in there. Yeah. And then, like, the main act started. So you go through, and that was like, I don't know, Metallica or something. <laughs> just like one big fucking band, just like pounding on this little. And then afterwards, we, I was like, we need to chill out. <laughs> so we went to the pub and we watched Adelaide West Coast, which is like, we're at the bar now or the yeah. green room area or something, just chilling out, but watching a band on TV. Yeah, that'll do. The band that's on the main stage. Like, I always yeah. watch that. Yeah, oh, you're in the VIP bar. Yeah. <laughs> you're in the VIP bar. And sometimes you go out to the balcony, the other, but then you're Mate, like... this pub was no VIP bar. <laughs> if it was, it was a very low bar to get in. Um, that was awesome. It was actually just, yeah, you, uh, that's right. It was a full day of footy, a festival to footy. It was fucking yeah. great. That's kind of fun because that, well, that is, it is kind of like a festival, I guess, in that I do sometimes think about this when they talk about, you know, Tom Lynch, for example, like regardless of the competition itself, the appeal of Tom Lynch to stop playing for the Gold Coast and start playing every week at the MCG that's like you're a guitarist and they can be like, you can be the guitarist in this band that's playing like, you know, this yeah. 300, you yeah. know. It's like, you know, you've seen some kind of monster where Metallica's looking yeah. for a new bass player and there's that scene where like his first like paycheck, we're going to give you a million dollars. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's right. I'm suddenly playing bass in the world's yeah. biggest heavy metal band. I'm in Metallica now. Yeah. And that's what Tom Lynch must have been like coming from the Gold Coast. He must have been like a Sessions muso who's like, yeah. oh, I'm in Metallica now. Yeah. And they gave him a million dollar check. It literally is the story. Do you reckon Benny Gale was watching some kind of monster? I was like, I've got to play. <laughs> they look good, man. The Tigers. It was very wet at the MCG. It was actually really, that was the other great thing is Marvel, like you had sort of dry conditions, roof was closed. And then I get to go and watch some wet weather footy. It really yeah. was. <laughs> Likes flicking channels. It's so funny. Because um, it was a completely different environment, different kind of game, wet weather game. I do love that about the sport as well because that was even the thing it was a shitty weekend of weather, oh, yeah. weather. And, and of course the Bulldogs you know game happened under the roof yeah, perfect, perfect conditions, conditions for a killing yeah. like it was like people who go on safari and <laughs> do you mean but they're not even yeah. they're just being driven right up to yeah, the yeah. elephant <laughs> like, 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now I want to shoot what a they giraffe. Call it? It's like a kill shed or a kill circle <laughs> or something. You just, just let deer wander in. They give you a rifle, bang. Yeah, it's like people doing the purge, but rich people get everyone to do the proper purging and they just kill them. Yeah. Um, it, so the weather, that, that environment, it, it's so funny that sometimes that you go to work and you play in these perfect conditions, but then on Friday night, like people, they're playing up in Canberra and it's snowing. Yeah, that's um, that, that I miss that whole uh, Clarkos uh, mental games Hawthorne thing. Did you would you see all that in the build up, or are you gonna find out afterwards? No, it was a big storyline. So right. Clarko doesn't like players to wear long sleeve jumpers. There's a bit of a rule at Hawthorne: no long sleeve jumpers. It's old school footy. It's part of that Hawthorne. They used to wear all used to wear long sleeve jumpers, Clark. Oh, that's old school footy. Yeah, well, that's Alistair Clarkson hates history. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all about the future, and in the future, there's no sleeves. Um, and so it was a point of a, a, a point of contention when uh, Chad Wingard came to Hawthorne because Ch- Chad Chad likes to wear the long sleeves, and apparently was told by Clarko, no long sleeves, uh, which is bad news for Chad because Chad has terrible tattoos that mm. look terrible with short sleeves. Um, but uh, so there was speculation around whether Clarko would relax his no long sleeves rule for the Canberra game and instead in response to the speculation around it Alistair Clarkson went to training and ran around topless with no shirt on to prove some sort of point and then uh, on Friday night he was out there in shorts. Clarko was in his shorts and like, it's not even cold. Cold doesn't affect us. All the Hawthorne players are in, uh, you know, short sleeves. And uh, um, yeah, they're just like, they're making, a, yeah, some of them are on skis. Like, you know, one of them went down the ice slide for like the Neil Danaher one. They just got them to fill that up just to make a point. And then uh, GWS were cold. Yeah. They were freezing. Yeah. Jeremy Cameron looked so cold. Like he looked like <laughs> he had tucked into his armpits. Like literally at one stage, I Shoulders thought another hunched. player was going to have to take off all their clothes and just lay next to him to get his body warmed up to normal again. They walk up to, they walk up to Shane Mumford and slice him open like a tonton. <laughs> just, sleep, and, just sleep and, in and let Jeremy sleep <laughs> Jeremy's got to sleep in you now, Shane. We signed it into your new contract. <laughs> Let him sleep in your guts, Mumford. And so in that classic way, because Clarko is now Clarko. Yeah, he's it's some genius guy. It's there. genius. Okay. Whether that's it, my, well, that's my question. Yeah. If this had been the same story and you replaced Clarko with either Chris Fagan, so just say there's a story. Chris Fagan is Chris dead. Fagan. Firstly, Chris Fagan at his no. age with his shirt off would die of hypothermia. <laughs> Brisbane were charging towards the flag. The good news is they're in second spot. The bad news is their coach has died of hypothermia in the game. He does trying to make a point. Chris Fagan's like, oh, geez, I'm not sure if I do this. All right, I'll give it a go. Run out. And he gets three steps and he just freezes. He just freezes so quickly. He's so fragile. Oh, I guess he's dead. It's amazing you have a Chris Fagan statue here. Oh, no, no, no. no, no. no. That's, that's, that's Chris Fagan. He was Fagan. trying to play mind games with the opposition. All right, so if it was him, or just say Tony Cochran, Tony Cochran decided to go for a run, like you would think that's insane. He takes off his gorilla suit. (laughs) Speaking of Tony Cochran, I sent you a text. Did you listen to that? No, I didn't. it's, It's full. I actually came out of it really liking him i think he's great so tell people what it is so um on uh purples um uh, damien barrett's podcast what's it called oh and you made fun of me not in the game i called. think it's called in the game okay and it's so it's like a serious not this show it's a serious footy chat where he talks to different identities and stuff and so he had tony cochran on the show who like such an interesting dude like he's from i think he's from victoria but he's been living in the gold coast for 29 years and he is so ultra defensive of the gold coast and he he's got this real enthusiasm like he sounds like a character he used to work in entertainment he used to like manage bands and work with like the rolling stones and stuff so he's got that like gold coast showbiz pedigree but he loves to just drop the occasional kind of like uh saying where he kept he referred to melbourne as melboring because <laughs> he's complaining about like clubs you know, they've got to, just got to get used to the fact that it's a national competition. I mean, everyone, all Victorians, it's not all about Mel Boring. You know, there's a lot going up. I'm like, okay, so you're just like, oh, I think you're fantastic. And like every time... Mel Boring. Yeah, Mel Boring. I love the idea that like, you know, 
people in Melbourne are being snobby about the Gold Coast. And when I say people in Melbourne, I mean, you know, mostly me. Um, but in reverse, the Gold Coast are like, oh, yeah, whatever. Melbourne. Got him. <laughs> yeah, Got him. Well, Zing. Wear your implants, Melbourne. Um, the other great thing, I, just wrote, I had to write down notes. I just wanted to get my phone <laughs> because I remembered when I listened to the interview, I wrote down, uh, Tony Cochran refers to himself as Coco. Now, I love the way that you've written that down. Is it, does he go, so Coco, or yeah. does he do it? Oh, yeah. so, so he might say something like, you know, well, I wouldn't do that because if I did, I'd say, oh, you're stuffed up again, Coco. Like he refers to himself as Coco. You know what? Uh, okay, here's what? a terrible revelation, but I sometimes refer to myself as Ando. <laughs> like if I have to, like. I know. But, but as in, like, in that way. Like, yeah. sometimes I really will go, oh, come Good on, Ando. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, am I Tony Cochran? <laughs> like, I was about to make fun of him calling himself Coco, and then I realised I myself was a Coco. I think people who only know do you, him... Do you call yourself something? Corso. Do you? No. Do you go, come people on, People call me Corso. But what do you call you? The Space Cowboy? Um, what do I say? <laughs> I don't have a name for myself. Okay, well, there you go. Do I? Out of this poll of two people, it's 50-50. You fucking loser. <laughs> you're useless. You're hopeless. You're no good at anything. You make me sick. <laughs> so when, are you, when you're saying those things to yourself, what, what do you call yourself? You're not worthy of a name. You're beneath names. My God. Boy. You found a really deep psychosis <laughs> in Charlie. Will asked a fairly innocuous question. <laughs> just, he just snapped. They probably shouldn't have left it in. You should listen to the interview though, because he. I think you'll come out liking it. I mean, he's definitely crazy, but that's. But it's great, and I actually I found it quite endearing. His enthusiasm for the Gold Coast and for what it could be, and his defensiveness of like you know footy on the Gold Coast. He was very passionate about it, and he said that there's more juniors playing AFL than other sports up there. That's really working, and that. Rather than being made fun of, they should, you know, the AFL should support this club. There's, and there's some really good stories about footy on the Gold Coast. Unfortunately, all of them are <laughs> off the field of the Gold Coast Suns. <laughs> yes, like yeah, no, the junior teams are great, and no, I mean, absolutely. And by the way, you can't have a sane person, you know, defend the Gold Coast because the Gold Coast can't <laughs> be defended by any sane person. The Gold Coast is indefensible. You need somebody who's like, they bring in a real sensible lawyer and you're like, yeah. no, you're not going to get the job done. <laughs> Some guy comes in with braces, yeah. big hair, you're like, yeah, shirt. you're my guy. Shirtless, muscular shirtless with that peacock hair. Like you wouldn't take, you don't take Gil McLaughlin serious when he talks about how good the Gold Coast is, but you take Tony Cochran serious yeah. because you're like, yeah, he loves it. Why wouldn't he? Of course he loves the Gold it's, Coast. It's got all the things he loves, Yeah, which is nothing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I, don't, I honestly found him very... It's, in, it's insubstantial. Not like Mel Bory. <laughs> it's reading and culture arts and culture. <laughs> He no, he's endearing. He's a very, he's very, very likable, and uh, he actually has the kind of personality of like you know if you're watching a Disney sports film and it's like about a team of misfits and you know maybe the coach of the team just like some bumbling like ah you know but he's big hearted you know that's the sense I get from him. If you do a remake like if you played by John Goodman or something, just like <laughs> just oh God, you know we you know, we try hard and stuff you blokes and you know. <laughs> Like he's just got this. I love can this. Can do it. Because you've come in. Tony Cochran's like, hey, someone said something really positive to you about you, Tony, on their podcast. He tunes in. He gets through to this bit. You start quite well. And then by this point, he's like, hang on, he loves me because I'm a big-hearted idiot. <laughs> no, I didn't say he's a big-hearted idiot. That's exactly what you just said. <laughs> I don't. You said he's an adorable big-hearted idiot. Uh, <laughs> I didn't mean he's an idiot. I mean, I, I think he's, he's unique. He's eccentric. He's, he's definitely, he's the Gold Coast. Like, he's the, you're right. He's the perfect president of the Gold Coast. But I, I, want I, think do, the, I want them to do well and I want him to do well. I think, like, we need this strange part of the AFL universe. Like, I think it, this, this experiment, what's going on is I like presidents or CEOs, well, bosses, the chairman or whatever, you know, they're different at different clubs. But the figurehead, I think they're like, I sometimes make fun of Eddie by saying that he's just Joffa in a more expensive suit, right? Mm. Um, but he kind of is. Yeah. And that, that is actually what makes him the right president 
for Collingwood. Yeah. Right? He, he's got that love him or hate him thing that Collingwood definitely has. He's got that sort of like, you know, yeah, kind of from the streets, but, you know, now the kind of prestige sort of – like it, it kind of fits, right? Yeah. He fits with Collingwood. It makes sense. Tony Cochran fits with the Gold Coast. Peter Gordon fits with the Bulldogs. He is like a little bulldog. He's like a bulldog that taught itself law, right? Like, you know, and he always fought for the underdogs and those sort of things. Who's the St Kilda president? Andrew Bassett. Of? He's new. It's his first year. Oh, he's president. the seek.com yeah. guy. Yeah. And he's interesting. I saw, I went to a function two weeks ago and saw him speak. He's like, he's got that kind of energy of like those guys, Silicon Valley, one of those Silicon Valley guys. Like he sort of has that you know, like Zuckerberg yeah. kind of quality, but he's very smart. Like it's, he's a real interesting character, but it's, I'll be interesting to, interested to see how his success as a businessman applies to the Saints. Well, it'd be good if like the Saints decided they'd be the club that just kind of styled itself on Silicon Valley. Yeah. Do you know what I mean like, yeah, suddenly you go into like training and they've replaced all the weights with like, you know, bean bags. <laughs> Yeah. It's like a free kitchen. Yeah. Everyone just lives there. Half They actually all just live there. They got rid of the gyms. It's yeah. got a half part. <laughs> can just chill. Bevo's there. That's how they get Bevo to the Saints. We've got a half part. Um, yeah, I, I think there's an opportunity for an AFL club to kind of appeal to the... If you just if you kind of pitched yourself as being the the modern club, you know, that it had that... I reckon St Kilda could... Because a lot of kind of cool people back for St Kilda. It's yeah. got a bit of a... I think it could restyle itself as a modern, techie, yeah. innovative... But what does that look like in terms of a football club or philosophy? Well, I think you could kind of embrace social media and embrace like well, online. They do. And they've, got, they've won the... I think they've won the, like the digital awards like three years running. Well, Charlie. Uh, and they are, are we very just re- good. Are we just recognising the fact that they've been repositioning themselves... To well, this for a while. It's funny, maybe. Or maybe, I, I don't know if we're there yet, but we might be seeing a transformation. Maybe that's what we become. Well, because also, you know, they say that E, what are they called? Is it E Games? Or whatever mm. the... EA Games? EA Games. Yeah, the, the shop, EA Games. No, there isn't like, um, now you play video game, like oh, tournaments. EA Sports, and, sorry. Is that what it's called? I don't know. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> I don't know what it's called. <laughs> well, you said it with the confidence of somebody no, who might No, so EA know. Sports, they're like, they just make games, but you're talking about a games tournament. Yeah. Like the World Video Game Tournament. Yeah, except the, they're called something else The now. WVGT. They're called like E-Games. Anyway, it's a huge okay. industry. Yeah, E-Games, you're right. You started right. I threw us off. I'm really sorry. <laughs> like, yeah, go Well, maybe that's like, they're like, well, we'll have a football club. But will, like, will it be an e-game franchise as well? Yeah. You kind of combine them. You're the first club that you're innovators in that space of like, you know, bringing in, yeah, that sort of, you know, crowd. So you could have like, maybe there's a point where there becomes a sort of, because they have an AFL game, don't they? Yeah. So yeah. every year they could play like a e-game. <laughs> <laughs> Would you want us to win footy? Or do you want us to like... I don't know, sell an app. What I'm saying, Charlie, Where is your are you best going hope of with our identity. Well, your best hope of winning a premiership is in the lobbying for um, e-games football. Or <laughs> well, maybe we just like bombard the AFL website just with bots. No, it's more like exp- the opportunities to expand the franchise of what it means to be St Kilda, bring extra revenue mm. into the club, like. The bigger clubs all have that. They all have partnerships with various sort of industries. And it used to be pokies and stuff. But like, say you pivoted and made it sort of in a more innovative space, E-Games, which is already a... You've got all this infrastructure in place down at the Saints anyway. Mm. E-Games have some parallels with... You could probably learn something about AFL, but also take things from one to the other and use it as your competitive advantage and sort of like move into that space in an innovative way, be ahead of the game. That's why I'm pitching. Anyway, thanks for your time. I appreciate you taking the meeting with me today. It was today very and, impressive. Uh, I have no idea what you're talking about. But <laughs> yeah, sure. Anyway, Charlie, I'm coach of the Saints. <laughs> the that's recruiters your first, heard this. That's, that's, that's your first address to the players. The camera just pans around. They're just staring at you. Uh, We're doing like, what? Are we going to kick a football? Uh, Will, it's Andrew Bassett. Yeah, from the Saints. Hey, um... I was listening to the podcast. Charlie's an ambassador. We always uh, keep across all of the things he says about the Saints. And geez, I, I just love the ideas you were pitching around the e-game space. If, would you? Would you mind coming in for a meeting? <laughs> it's actually not a bad Andrew Bassett. You sound a lot like him. <laughs>
Um, well, yeah, okay. What about so Peggy Carter, Peggy, Peggy Carter, Agent, <laughs> the um, Richmond president, yeah. Agent Peggy Carter. Yeah, um, Peggy O'Neill. Peggy O'Neill. Is she? She's not really Richmondy, is she? She doesn't like Benny Gale's more there. One you think of as being. So you're trying to say like what administration official? So it doesn't just have to be president, any administration well, official. Well, my original premise was that maybe it was your pre- your, your president. president had to be sort of in the spirit of yeah, what your club, what the club was. But who are some famous? I mean, other... Jeff Kennett strikes me as very Hawthorne. Yes, that's right. Was Joe Gutnick very Melbourne? <laughs> Diamond Joe. I mean, I think Joe is exactly who should be president of Melbourne now. Yeah, is he still around, Joe? Could, could we get a ticket together? Could we get Joe? That would be great in the off-season. <laughs> a rebel ticket. If Joe Goodnick put together a rebel Challenge. ticket. Challenge for the Melbourne board based on this season. Goodnick's back. So who are some of the other presidents? Trevor Nisbet at WA. He seems kind of like Western Australian. He seems cool. Yeah. He's Doesn't the, he? He's you know? the, yeah. He was kind of vocal on the Adam Goods thing and he always, you know. How is Koshy for Port Adelaide? Is, he, is that a bad fit or a good fit? Uh, I don't know. I guess it makes sense. It's weird. It doesn't feel wrong. He doesn't feel out of place. I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. But I don't know why. They're both so bland. (gasps) That's it, Will. (laughs) And also Sunrise wins the ratings most of the time, but then just sometimes unexpectedly, they just lose to the Today Show (laughs) and no one can really explain why. So that's very on brand. No, I love Koshy. Um, He's a good guy. He gave me the inside word on Richo when we when we uh, drafted Richo. I worked with Koshy, and I said, "What's this guy like?" And he said, "He's a great manager of young men," and I think that is correct. Yeah, but the good news is, Richo, we believe you're a great uh, manager of young men. The bad news is, we've intentionally not drafted anyone young anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, so our premise that there was a trigger in. Um, uh, Richo's contract that mm. if you won a final uh, it automatically rolls over and he gets another year right mm. and the Saints are still a statistical chance a mathematical oh, chance yeah no way but Charlie never have I barracked more for a storyline <laughs> than the fact than the <laughs> Silicon Valley Saints <laughs> reinstitute Richo both it's it, Andrew Bassett's like, hey, Will, a contract's a contract. <laughs> Why are you calling me? He's been, it sounds like he did a really good interview last week, Richo. Did you hear that? It was like a 20 minute interview with SEN where he talked about coming back after post sacking and, you know, how he's feeling about it and stuff. And he seems like, I mean, he was always a dude who always seemed very even tempered. Like mm. that year, I think about the year he had last year where we only won four games, just a fucking disaster. And he was doing coaches' night on AFL 360. And I think, of all the things he had endured with horror injury runs and, you know, blah, 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 having to turn up to do 360 for 22 episodes or whatever it was last year must have been excruciating. Like every week having to explain yourself. Like four times, you've got four weeks where things are okay, but the rest of the time you're just like, well, um, I told them to do stuff and they didn't do it. So, you know, you get, you don't want to blame the players, but, you know, you've got to sort of act strong. It's, that would have sucked. <laughs> I mean, it just the, your capacity to just like not go in one week and just go, <laughs> just just no. fucking let loose. Why? Why do you keep making me come in? <laughs> why? This is cruel. This is actually just mean right now. What do yeah. you want me to say? It's not going well. Yeah. We've explored a lot of possibilities, and we're not really <laughs> sure. We're trying really hard. I promise, but. I reckon he's really hard. I reckon he said that <laughs> yeah. some nights. Like, yeah, fuck it. Well, because that's what you get to after a while. You're like, I gave you all the other ones. This week I'm going with, I don't know. Yeah. We're trying our best. I mean, having said that, I guess every coach has to do this every week. So like Stuart Juice fronting up to the media every week and having to just fucking, you know, try and explain, sell some hope, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but I mean, I will say that Stuart Juice not getting... I don't think there's a lot of heat on Stuart Jew. It's, right. You know, I think people think he's... You know, they started well. They, they've come from a long way back. Mm. People 
have optimism about the way that he's coaching and yeah, what he's doing. And so I don't know if there's a lot of heat, but it, yes, it still must be hard to have to go out there and just week after week go, we've got no chance mm. of winning this. And then I'm going to have to go through that whole thing again where I, you know, like there must be a point where you're just like, you're all watching. Mm. We're no good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, like mate, we could do. Did, you see, did you, you see last week or the week before? <laughs> what did you expect coming into today? We are no good. Like it'd be before the game. He's like, uh, Mr. Jude, hey, do you this, think, uh, we, this is not a press conference. <laughs> it's just standing on a counter at a 7 Eleven. <laughs> like, we are no good. What do people expect of me? We're no good. We're trying, but we're no good. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking. It's. Who, do you know who the big winners were this week? The Bulldogs by 21 goals in a row. <laughs> North Melbourne. Big winners. Oh, because there was so much stuff going on, you oh, mate. Can you imagine like yeah. how wrapped you'd be? Just like that game, they mustn't have known what the score was with the Bulldogs game. And they must have just been thinking, oh, fuck, man. This is going to be a hard week. Poor old Reese, who have let him down. They're going to put the blow. What? They're how much up? Go Bulldogs! <laughs> like, fuck yeah. Because <laughs> they, they escaped with barely a scratch. I mean... Talk about creator destruction. <laughs> Quick. Just kicked Quick. over a fruit cart. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, that, that was tough. It's, But North have overperformed. They're, they're going to be a bit hit and miss. It was a, ter- a terrible result, no doubt. But they've, they've been pretty competitive a lot. I don't yeah. think... I think you're still reasonably... I think you're more optimistic as a North fan that you had any right to beat 10 weeks ago. And then they they had a terrible game on the weekend. Was there any advantage in signing Reese Shaw now? Well, he's already been signed, so yeah, now it would was be there. again. Was it Reese? <laughs> um, no, I I I, I, I never week. believed that there was. Yeah, I was always of the opinion that I kind of thought Reese would probably end up getting the job, but I didn't think that they would lose anything by. He's not going anywhere. Yeah, like he was safe. <laughs> There's someone who just got nervous and cashed out too early. Like, yeah. I, don't, I mean, unless it was about stability and look, if we want to lure a player here, we've got to show that, you know, yeah, this is I think, coach. I think there was, there's plenty of good reasons. I just think you put a little bit of unnecessary pressure on him. Yeah. More than anything. But if you, if you think he's the guy, then, I, you know, I can also see the logic of going, oh, well, well we may as well just start getting ready. Mm. If he's our guy. And the other thing is, if they're going to bring in an, a, an experienced player, Sorry, an experienced coach like a Richo or someone um, uh, to be sort of a, a mentor and, a, you know, share the load and all those sort of things. Mm. Then I guess appointing him gives you the opportunity to then be in the market for, well, yeah. we've locked in Reese, and Reese has spoken about the fact that he would like a, a, a mentor or an, like a, you know... A, um, you know Paul Reese just suddenly goes, my ears are burning. Oh, man. Paul Reese is like, yeah, I think... $2 million, four hours a week, not every third week. Um, some of it from Hawaii. Yeah. Definitely some of it from Hawaii. Um, How about I just call you every Thursday for six months? Um, $8 million. Paul Ruse has the sense of, like, I mean, he now just is like the ultimate consultant. Yeah. Like, it, it does really the feel... Fixer. Yeah, the fixer. The, the Mr. Wolf. Yeah. <laughs> We've got an issue. Yeah. Comes in, cleans it up, moves on. And and it's gr- what a great job that is because it's all fun, no responsibility. Because if anything positive ever happens, like people, like when Paul Roos left Melbourne and it handed over and they had that good season last year, everyone was like, Paul Roos, what a genius. This year, Paul Roos gets no, none no, of that play. No. Like a year's away. gone by. Oh, no, it was great. I fixed it. But hang on, it's not fixed. Yeah. They're like, I fixed it. Yeah. You all remember. Yeah. I fixed yeah, it. It's driving away from your mechanic. You get one block and he's like, see you later, mate. You're like, bye. Then <laughs> the whole thing just falls just, apart. Like, I fixed it. You drove out of here. It's not fixed. <laughs> it's not fixed, mate. The place is buggered. Didn't fix it. Now, Will, we've had some correspondence. Uh, to fill those in who missed last week's episode, we recounted a story in which Will played in a celebrity football match. Oh, yes. 
But the SCG and was involved in an incident with uh, one of the singers from the late 90s, early 2000s pop band Sister to Sister. Um, S2S. Well, what, what do you, how did you describe the incident? Uh, well, from my memory, yeah, uh, I believe that I described it as uh, one of the sisters, two sisters, uh, was a, a... I thought she had grabbed the ball. My recollection was that she had grabbed the ball and I went to tackle her and sort of like gently place her on the ground and then somebody else had tackled me and knocked my arms away and then so she had been thrown to the ground rather than placed on the ground. But on further investigation when we had our conversation, you were sort of going, well, who tackled you? Was it one of your own teammates? Why were they tackling you? And uh, or was it like you know an opposition person trying to tackle you, but you didn't in have which the case ball? It was holding the ball, right? Why hold the men? This yeah. this story actually in your memory of it, Will, has a few flaws. Yeah. And Charlie, I then realised that I actually never, I have no recollection in my memory of who tackled me because I was concentrating in front of me and I never looked. And we put the call out on the podcast if there were a witness <laughs> who had seen it and could fill us in on what had actually happened on that day. Turns out Adam Spencer listens to the show, which is funny because last week it was after a Swans loss and we thought we were safe talking about it because Adam doesn't listen after a Swans loss. But turns out he's a bigger fan than he's letting on. Well, Swans are going okay too. I think, you know, if you're a Swans fan, it's relaxing to not have to make the finals. Like, I think if you're feeling okay about your club, there is actually something yeah, nice. it's fine <clears throat> to not play finals. Otherwise, I would have blown my brains out a long time ago. But like, you know, particularly if you have had a lot of success. Mm. Swans are in the finals nearly every year. Having a year off in September to just to do some other shit clears up your diary a bit. If you're, you know, it's okay. I think Swans fans are okay with their season. Happy to provide my recollection of the SCG S2S incident, mm. which Will recounted last week. While this may seem to contradict my policy of not listening to two guys one cup after a Swans loss, that policy was formed a few years ago when you guys actually discussed the games. These days, I can happily listen, confident the offending loss won't get a mention because there are more important issues and haircuts to dissect. Who did Sydney play on the weekend? Port. Oh, yeah. I should stress... (laughs) The end. (laughs) I should stress these are my own opinions and not an amalgamation of what Caroline Wilson and Robbo have had to say on the matter during the past week. Sing. (laughs) In the 15-plus year history of the Red Kite charity game, it remains one of the ugliest and most... Contrib- I forgot, by the way, one of the most satisfying things um, about what happened with the Bulldogs and the Bombers on the weekend was seeing Robbo have an emotional breakdown on that <laughs> FL 360 on Monday night. Why? Oh, because, you know, he's a big and man, Robbo. Oh, did he go nuts? Oh. You actually, you have to watch it. You have to go <laughs> and find it and watch it. Okay. It's real fun. Anyway, go on. <clears throat> In the 15-plus year history of the Red Kite charity game, it remains one of the ugliest, most controversial on-field incidents. Alongside Guy Sebastian absolutely poleaxing Shannon Knoll in 2006, and Humphrey B. Bear's continued refusal to wear pants when he plays. Zing. Take that, Humphrey. <laughs> it may have been Sunday, May 20th, 2001, as a curtain raiser of the Swans-Bulldogs match. That's about right, given yep. the brief window of celebrity that S2S occupied, and I have memories of Will obnoxiously cheering on the dogs after the celebrity game. Correct. It was Bulldogs once, absolutely. I could look up other fixtures. Uh, I could fit, look up other fixture lists for 2002 and three, but I feel that would bring a level of preparation and fact-based journalism that would sit uncomfortably on this podcast. I feel like he's now there anyway. From my nearby vantage point, what happened was this. One of the Muscat sisters, probably Christine, possibly Sharon, certainly one of the vocalists on the 2000 hit Sister, and the follow-up, What's a Girl to Do, had possession of the ball in the midfield. She stood there like a deer in the headlights with no idea what to do. Will, on the opposing team, wished to take possession of the ball and was being very respectful about the size and weight difference between them, which was 60 centimetres and at least 45 kilos, both in his favour. He had reached across with one hand and held Christine slash Sharon on the arm, while with his other arm, he leant in to take the ball. Uh, Bontempelli style, uh-huh. scooping it out. With ball now in hand, Will was on the verge of releasing said sister, mm. when an opponent, spotting Will with the ball, and full of that white line fever that only a 12-minute charity game can bring, 
grabbed Will and tried to tackle him pretty hard. <laughs> Will shrugged the tackle. But in, <laughs> but in doing so, spun around 180 degrees. During this maneuver, he still had a hold of Christine slash Sharon, who was not so adept at shrugging tackles and instead clattered to the floor. From my vantage point, it was clear and unfortunate as clearly an unfortunate accident. But the, from, from the point of but from the point of view of the crowd, including a very protective Mr. Muscat, it looked like a six foot four, ninety kilo will in an effort to dispossess Miss Muscat's four foot nothing, forty kilo daughter. He grabbed her by the arm and slung her falsely <laughs> into the SCG wicket area. I mean, this either is what happened. Or is a demonstration of how easy it would be to inception someone. <laughs> because it this sounds... all feels 100% how it happened. Needless to say, it is the last recorded incident of either Sharon or Christine Muscat gracing the hallowed turf. Two other things. One, Charlie, your torp from directly in front of the point post was not from 20 metres out. You're kidding yourself. It was 10 metres, 15 metres, absolutely tops. <laughs> I was definitely 20. <laughs> Two, I gave Jake Lloyd a lift to the Swans function in 2016 when I was the number one ticket holder. He had a distinct moustache then, and he has for his entire three-year period since. since that, was, that was based on you last week asking, does Jake Lloyd have a moustache? And then trying to prove <laughs> with internet photos that he did not have a moustache when he clearly has a moustache. Sincerely, yours and still angry about the non-free kick paid to Sam Reed against the Giants, Adam S. Well, thank you, Adam S. Somebody else did correspond to tell me that uh, they refer to uh, Jake Lloyd as the one with the moustache who's not Dane Rampey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, how long are we done? Should we look at next week? Yeah, we should. All right. We don't have my account because we're doing this in person. So this is coming fresh from my phone. All right. Friday night. I bet you when they were uh, scheduling this one, they thought this is going to be a fucking blockbuster. The D's take on the swans at the MCG. I mean, they would have been like, oh, here we, comes we the money. 60,000 money, 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 60, money, 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 minimum. Money. They're both going to be charging towards... No, actually, maybe we would say about the swans, but Melbourne definitely. Melbourne, they definitely would have thought was going to play final. Swans would probably be reliably be thereabouts. Yeah, they'd put up a good contest. It's going to be a moneymaker. Melbourne, because everyone would have been on the bandwagon this right. year. This is how they're selling the game. <laughs> And I'm marking the demons. I mean, it's a Melbourne versus Sydney. MCG a, two weeks out from finals. It's beautiful. We'll be in the top we sell four. it as like state of origin, basically. Yeah. <laughs> or no one goes. All right. I'm so confident about this. I've cancelled all ski trips. <laughs> um, in the battle of, it doesn't really matter. Um, the Swans, maybe. Who knows? Mel- Melbourne were terrible again on the weekend. I thought that they they were kind of going to have a rallying sort of finish to the season, but I don't think they were great again. Um, S- Sydney. Sydney win that. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm going to say Melbourne. Come on, Melbourne. See something. <laughs> I just noticed this is a very close round. So that was 17th versus 15th. Next game is Carlton St Kilda, who was 16th versus 13th. So it's going to be sort of hard to pick a winner this round Uh, Saturday afternoon Carlton hosts the Saints again at the MCG I think only for like a second time this year Carlton didn't look very good last week seeing them in person Patrick Cripps is very good yes and he didn't even have that good a game no by his standards no Um, so I don't know I thought the Saints actually looked quite good I mean we looked better with Jack Stephen did you see Jack Stephen's interview so lovable. He's like, I'm a bit fat, a bit unfit. He looked like a pure country footballer. Didn't he looks he? like Goxie. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. He looks like Aaron Gox. He, he honestly looked like a before and after photo of Aaron Gox. Particularly when Goxie's got his Saints stuff on, you know. Like, yeah. I saw a photo of Goxie doing some talk competition or something the other day in his Saints gear. And I was just like, honestly. It's good to see Jack Stevens. Yeah. I'm just glad to see him. Oh, he's telling jokes now. Well, that's good. If some footage came out of like, <laughs> like you're just blurry footage of country football and it was Goxie and someone's like, reason Jack Stevens had been buying, look at him. Um, uh, he was good though. Yeah, it's good to have him. Well, what, back. Would, what what would, what do you think is the best outcome? Like, if he wants to go, is it like is that okay? He's 30, 29, turns thirty. Still, a, like he showed that half fit and country footballer body. <laughs> he's still a gun. I think that's what you've got to say to him. 
you've got to say to him, we'd like you to stay here. Uh, we can match the money that John are offering you, but we can't pay you more, unfortunately. Like, you know, we've got, <laughs> yeah, we've got to pay some other players. But, new but. sponsor, Balfour's Pies. <laughs> <laughs> what, we're going to preseason? Not an issue. <laughs> uh, we are, you have to train once a week? Yeah. Uh, we're back at Moorabbin. We've got the yeah. new gym. We've got the new office. And over here, you'll see we've got a hot jam van. Yeah. Hot <laughs> no, jam that's for band. you. Yeah. That's just for you. Yeah. Uh, in your locker, don't bother putting your gear in there because that'll get in the way of the fairy floss machine. <laughs> <laughs> just... I mean, I feel two ways about it. I, look, his mental health is number one. If he yeah. feels better, close to family. I'm all for that. He's given us four best and fairest. Absolutely. Like, he doesn't owe us anything. No. Um, but I do love the romance of a guy going through what he's gone through and actually coming back enjoying playing footy again. I just think the symbolism of that is hopeful for other people who may be going through shit. Yeah, and I, I, you know, I joke about it, but I kind of do like the idea that they just went, if he was like, hey, I want to play at the Saints, but I, I can't be the player that I was in the way that I was. But if you want a slightly overweight bloke who'll play every third yeah. week and kick you four or five goals, if you, I am, I'm going nowhere. Yeah. If you want a 1970s amateur yeah. footballer. Yeah. Look, it, it's but you like, know what? Having a Jack Stevens, uh, Stephen, Stephen, uh, having a Jack Stephen at this uh, uh, period of his career is like having a cool old car that you know is going to give you some trouble. Yeah. Um, you know, but you just love it. Yeah. It's just so much fun to drive. Yeah, and it's kind of like every player... It's like it's not an everyday driver. But he's, he's but, also a rare kind of player because he has that Stevie J yeah. kind of quality where you'll get a good four years out of him, just like, you know, park him in the forward pocket because that's essentially what he played was yeah. forward. And it's like, he's a gun. And we don't have that explosive player. So it's like, all right, we're chasing all these draft picks. Maybe we're better, like, keeping him. And I don't know. I mean, I'm happy. I'm Like I said, mental health is first. I'd love it if he stayed. Well, I think, yeah, I, I'm the same, which is... Wherever we can see Jack be happy and play football, if that's at the Saints, yeah, fantastic. Especially with a mullet and a gut. Right? Yeah. <laughs> don't change. Yeah. Honestly, mate, don't change. Yeah. Um, but will he fit in with our new corporate uh, Silicon Valley culture that we're instilling yeah. down at this? But Bob Murphy commented on that game, seeing him run around and how good it was to see him running around. He's gone like, the guy who said he was unfit, like he's moving pretty quick. Oh, he, and he's not unfit he's by unfit any standards by either. But he's unfit by like, I don't know, like uh, what, Patrick Cripps standards. Well, you know what I love is, I love, I'd love to put together an all-star team of players who don't look fit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Coached by Stuart Dew. Yeah. But because... There are plenty of them. Like I'll give you an example. Stevie of my J. Man. Yeah, but Willie Rioli. Yeah, Willie Rioli looks like he's jumping and fit him. Yeah, and his body's all. But he is—he's clearly super fit, and he's—he's he's got himself really fit this season. And he is one of my favorite players in the league. But I—but I think part of what I love about him is he also looks like he doesn't. It's looked like they were short on numbers. Yeah, and they just tossed a guy from the crowd, the jumper. <laughs> yeah, doesn't quite. His uniform just doesn't quite fit him properly. <laughs> uh, I mean, West Coast have got a couple of them. McGovern, obviously. McLovin. Um, okay. So Saints and Carlton. Who wins that? Um, that you're right. It's hard to pick. Um, Picking the Saints. Uh, Saints because uh, the Richo Clause. Oh. I'm, st- I'm still on that. <laughs> That's like your Disney remake of the Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're talking about great AFL stories. Yeah. That would be <laughs> kill to make them sneak into the finals. That would be very... They reinstate Richo contractually and then they go on to win their first ever premiership. That would be like very St. Kildary. No, what would happen is we would sack, <laughs> we'd sack Ratton, install Richo and then bomb out of the grand final. And then Ratton goes on to coach Carlton <laughs> to a premiership. That would be very St. Kilda. Uh, okay, top of the table. Oh, did you pick? Yeah, you're Saints. Yeah, Saints. Top of the table, Lions versus Cats at the Gabba. This will be a cracker. Lions for me, I feel like they're fucking in such good form. But then the cats, but then the lions. Lions are just big cats. You make some great points. <laughs> that last one particularly. <laughs> They've both got musicals about them. The Lion King and cats. Um, I think, yeah, why not Brisbane? At home, mm-hmm. I reckon there's a chance Brisbane win that. And I'm, I'm, like, I'm still pretty keen on, what a great game. I hope it's a really good game. That's what I hope. I hope it's... But um, yeah, Brisbane, why not? Okay. Um, Adelaide versus Collingwood at Adelaide Oval on Saturday afternoon. Hard to pick too. It's a close round. 
Um, who's how back backs against the wall? Like they don't feel that close. They're to the kind wall. of against the wall, but they're not against the wall. And Adelaide, but they're playing. If you had to, Adelaide at home need to win. So that tips it in against Collingwood, pushes them closer against the wall. Backs against the wall. It has to be Collingwood. Who's I, the favourite? I Collingwood. No, I don't know. I, I would not know. It's a close game. Um, I actually probably prefer, I guess, for Collingwood to win because Adelaide losing is better for us in making finals. So I'm going to say Collingwood. Okay. Uh, Kangaroos versus Port. Port should win. Kangaroos had a shocker last week. This is a classic sort of setup for Port to lose game. Yeah, I think just follow that formula. Collingwood yep. backs the wall. Port should win, so they'll lose. Yeah, I agree. Uh, over at Optus Stadium, the Dockers versus Essendon. Oh, that's 12 versus 7. It's another close game. I mean, could the Bombers pull one out? They could, couldn't they? Well, they're 7th and the Dockers are 12th. It should go that way. They, yeah, should, res- a lot of they should respond in a major way. But the Dockers weren't that bad. They lost by a kick the against Dockers us. weren't that bad. But you smashed them. And then... Hang on. You smashed... We smashed the Dockers and we smashed Essendon. Oh, so. yeah. Fuck them. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I say the Dockers. <laughs> so fuck them both. Dockers. On Sunday, the Tigers take on the Eagles. Fourth versus third. Wow. It must be the closest well, this fucking is round like in the, history. This round is really good round of football. Um, where's it at? MCG. Dusty, don't know if he's back. Cotchin, don't know if he's back. If Tigers win this, they're premiership favourites. Well, whoever wins this, I reckon, is premiership favourite, right? I could see the Eagles losing this but winning the grand final. I don't know if I could see Tigers losing this but winning the grand final. Does that make sense? I mean, as much sense as anything we've said <laughs> on this podcast. As much sense as Andrew Dunkley left Sydney because he was sick of being punched by Tony Locke and Barry Hall. Um, I'm going I'm to pick the Tigers, but Eagles for the flag. <laughs> I am going to pick... Uh, I, I don't know. I actually don't know. Eagles. I'm going to say Eagles. <laughs> you looked panicked for this. I don't know. Uh, Giants versus Bulldogs. Sixth versus tenth. Uh, Giants probably need to you know, really kind of respond after Friday night in Canberra. But, you know, the Bulldogs Bulldogs need to win this. You'll and fucking murder them. What are you talking about? We're up and about and they're not as up and about. So I'm hopeful that we will. They've got a few key injuries and stuff as well, the Giants. So I'm going to say Bulldogs. I'm going to say Bulldogs too. Last game, Hawks versus Suns. Well, it's not. Not every game can be close. <laughs> <laughs> Always end with a bang. Uh, you can check out this show. Jared Ruffhead's farewell. Oh, yeah. Well, Probably his farewell game. He might play again the next week. He'll probably play for Brisbane next year. <laughs> for Gold Coast. In fact, uh, he'll be, he's uh, starting the first half with Hawthorne and he's going to play the second half with Gold Coast and just play with Gold Coast from then on for the next five years until he coaches the Gold Coast. You can check out this podcast and many other great podcasts on the website, tofop.com. Uh, you can also go to Facebook and Twitter and uh, I think that's it. We've got nothing to promote really, do no, we? That's fine. Play on, not 15. Well... We are two guys, one car